Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Everybody loves a good ghost story on Halloween. They've seen a woman coming out of the ladies' room after hours. And he looked at her and he said, man, we're closed. And then she just absolutely disintegrated in a big flash of vapor. So today, we're going to tell our favorite Michigan ghost stories. This is the Spooky Jay. I'm Zach Clark. Halloween is a blast. Candy, costumes, fun. It's hard to beat. And that's especially true if you're into the spooky stuff. My colleague Annie Scaramazzino and I have spent the last two Octobers combing Michigan for the spookiest places and stories. Today, we're going to share our favorites, perfect for passing out candy or walking around and collecting candy. We'll start with one of Detroit's most legendary bars, the Caju Cafe on the east side. We talked to John Milan, the author of Michigan Haunts, Public Places, Eerie Spaces, and John says the Caju is as haunted as it gets. The Caju Cafe is considered one of the most actively haunted sites in Detroit. According to Ron DeVos and some of the people that worked there, Ron, of course, was the one who took over for his parents. They've seen uh, someone who was a regular who was hit by a car. They often see him running towards the building and then disappearing. They've seen a woman coming out of the ladies' room after hours. And he looked at her and he said, man, we're closed. And then she just absolutely disintegrated in a big flash of vapor. And he decided it was you know, time to go home. I think the most interesting story comes from Ron DeVos himself. The person who answers the phone is sometimes his mother. He says, I know it's my mother. I can tell by the accent. She says, at all, mom, and then it'll go dead. And then the day manager will pick up and he'll say, who was that? And they'll say, oh, there's nobody else here. In Royal Oak, the Orson Star House is the oldest house in the city, which means countless people have passed through the space. We spent some time there with paranormal investigators John Yost and David Boyer from Flyer Paranormal. That was the eldest son of Orson. Oh, okay. So I was just basically asking who of the Orson Star family is here. You know, we've gotten different names. I would say we've gotten all of their names at least once coming over the spirit box or the necroponic. But John, I'm telling you, right in this spot is for some reason he always hits on the devices. We really have to buckle down and try to see if it is John Star. We were going through the trunk in there and there was a military guy by the name of John Norman. So it could be him. His story is pretty crazy. And um, when we found out about this John, he was in the military. That evening, 
we had uh, voices come through multiple times on the necrophonics and also the spirit box referencing guns, army, military, things of that nature. As far as the John Starr, we got to get more into that. So did we hear John Starr's voice when we ran what they call the spirit box? So do you want to run a spirit box? You guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, it's John and Dave with new friends here. Is there anybody that would like to make contact with us? Can you tell us your name? Did you hear John? Yes, I did. I told you about John down here. I mean, I feel it could like be I you. Too, but I don't know if I was listening for it. No, nope, no. Nope. When he said that, I'm like, I'm not gonna say it because just in case. John, are you with us right now? Back at the Cadju Cafe, John Rutherford became one of the co-owners back in 2018. And of course, that purchase came with a bevy of ghost stories. Did you have any awareness of that when you bought the bar, those stories about Cadju being haunted? Yes, I had it as a customer as well. I've known about some various stories over the, the last 60 years plus. So we bought it from the DeVos family, Robert and Yvonne. They're the two friendly ghosts, from what I understand, who reside in this building. This table right here against the, the inner wall between the bar and the, and the feather bowling lanes is where Yvonne is often seen sitting. And then Robert is typically uh, in the basement. The encounters, I haven't had one. So just, I'm, I'm speaking, you know, from uh, stories people have told me, but friendly ghosts. The scary things that happen around here are, are things, doors will close. I've seen that happen. All of a sudden the doors close and you're the only one in the building. Things will move at times. I haven't seen something move, but like you see it on, on one table and then all of a sudden you come back and it's like somewhere else. From the Cadju on the east side, we go to Midtown to one of the city's most iconic homes, the Whitney Mansion. We got a tour from the general manager, Tony Muzzy, including a story about a guest who definitely did not leave a five-star review. A lady comes up here to the ghost bar. She orders a Cosmo, takes a couple sips of her drink. She then heads into the restroom. She then exits the restroom and orders a glass of water. She then re-enters the bathroom. She then exits the restroom, sits down at her seat to enjoy her drink. The bartender comes to her and says, are you enjoying everything? And she says to the bartender, everything is fantastic, and your bathroom attendant is lovely. The bartender goes to her and says, we don't employ a bathroom attendant. You must have been speaking to another guest. She looks at him and says, no, she had to have worked here. She was an elderly lady, and she knew so much about the history of the home that there's no way she didn't work here. The bartender goes to her, maybe you saw a ghost. Well, said atheist woman who does not believe in ghosts takes this very, very offensively and gets into an altercation with the bartender. So I come walking up the stairs, and it's very obvious who the situation is with. Because this lady is screaming. And this is what she says to me, and I'll never forget it. This isn't funny. You guys sneaking people around through hidden doors trying to scare your guests. This is what I said to her, because this is all I could come up with. Miss, why don't you come with me? I'm going to take you in the office. We're going to show you the security footage. So she's like, okay, let's go do it. And I run the tape, and I run it over and over again. All you see, she comes in, she sits down, she orders her drink, she then goes into the restroom, she's in the restroom for about a minute and a half, she comes out, asks for a glass of water, she then returns to the restroom, exits the restroom, sits down to her drink. Bartender walks up and down, has a quick interaction with her, she then returns to the restroom, comes back out, they have a very heated conversation that you can see, 
And between the time that she leaves the restroom the second time and me and her enter it together, you do not see a single person go in and out of the restroom. She then went running out the front door, crying hysterically. To my knowledge, never step foot on the property again. Mickey Lyons is one of my favorite journalists in Detroit. A few years ago, she was doing a project where she was bartending at some of the city's oldest bars. And while at the two-way inn, which is Detroit's oldest bar, she had an incredibly visceral experience. I was working there on Tuesday nights for a little while. And there are a few different spirits that are said to inhabit the space and visit from time to time. On Tuesday nights, it was pretty slow at the beginning of the evening. So I would often be by myself. And one evening I was there. And directly next to me, I got an incredibly strong smell of dark, earthy tobacco smoke just right into my face. There was nowhere it could have come from. No one in the family smokes. I think that was just somebody's way of saying, I'm here. So I just said, hey, hope I'm not bothering you. Just doing my work here. So that was the most visceral experience I had. I've seen things walking out of the corner of your eye. Colonel Norris himself is said to walk from one end of the room to the other, and I think that's what I experienced a time or two. There's definitely something there, but it's not bad. It's just part of the building. Not all of our stories are from Metro Detroit. Mackinac Island is said to be one of the most haunted places in the whole country. And listening to paranormal expert and historian Todd Clements, I believe it. The hauntings at the fort, yeah. I have had experiences at the fort that would make any skeptic a believer. There is a building up on the hill. It's called the Hill Quarters. It's an officer's quarters. It's a house. And on the second floor, there's two bedrooms, and they're sealed with plexiglass. You can't get in them. Those were the Cowles children's bedrooms. They were very young. It's all antique toys and everything in the room. We do an investigation. The first time we ever got to investigate anything in the fort, the first thing I want to do is go there because you hear stories of the toys moving, the curtains moving in the room, but there's no way to get in unless you take out, and I'm not joking, probably 40 screws from the plexiglass to get into the room to do anything at all. So I'm up there with one of my friends who's also an investigator, and she is sitting there, and we're, we've got all the equipment going, and we're asking questions, which looks weird if you've never done it before. Is there anyone here with us, you know? can you tell us your name? Whatever we can get. Being observant of the room, and I noticed her hair. She had long hair. Something had grabbed her hair with, with their fingers and picked up a clump of her hair and pulled it straight above her head. And she's freaking out thinking there's a spider or something's in her hair. And I'm just like, it's not a spider. And then it drops. And she's like, what? What, what? what was it? I like something literally lifted your hair above your head. I saw it with my own two eyes. And then Nothing after that. We're asking questions. Who did that? What was that? And we get a recording and we hear a little kid's voice. It's very hard to hear, but if you turn up the volume loud enough, it sounded like a girl. I would say it was a little girl's voice that said, it was me. And we're just like, oh. That's so freaky. <laughs> Todd has written several books about spirits in Mackinac Island. One of my favorite tales is of a person named Harvey. Harvey, that's his name. He's probably the island's most famous ghost. He was a college student who went missing in the winter. They found his body in the spring, and his ghost has been haunting ever since. And he is, for lack of a better word, a flirt. He likes women. He likes to play practical jokes on people. He is not shy 
if he's going to let himself be known, he's going to let himself be known. He'll physically touch your arm, pull on your hair. There is debate on what exactly happened. We've read the police report on his death. Some will call it a murder. Some will call it a suicide. We don't for sure, for sure know which one it was. The police report, it does say that there was skull fragments found in two different directions from a long-barreled rifle. Two shots to the head. I've always found it hard to believe someone could shoot themselves in the head twice in different angles. Back in Detroit at the Kaju Cafe, the DeVos family owned the bar for over 50 years. And as a result, the grandson of Robert and Yvonne DeVos, Rob DeVos, has plenty of stories of his own. The one crazy one was like me and my dad did like an overnight with these like ghost hunter people. And that one kind of weirded me out. The best way to explain it was this unexplainable things kind of happened to where if you were family and like you ask a question, only certain people would know and things are responding to that. It was really like it was pretty crazy. My dad always told me anytime he walked into the bar, not every day, but it would be like random hot water would just be blasting in one of the sinks. And it was usually like the back room bathroom sink or it was the women's room sink. And whatever reason, it would just be full blast hot water. He'd come in, turn it off. If you're in the kitchen and you're like coming into the back door, there's a bunch of rooms back there, which used to be their main bedroom. And they would say they saw like basically an apparition walk through that like hallway. People told me that used to work there, like, I swear to God, someone was in the building with me and it was just me and there's no one there. In the first story we told about the Whitney, Tony did not see the spirit the woman described. But he did tell us that he's had experiences of his own. I believe that I'm in the mansion, I'm completely alone. And I hear somebody start playing the piano. Now, being the logical guy that I am, I'm thinking, ah, I just left the PA system on. Then I think to myself, someone's in here playing the piano. And my stomach just tightens up right away. And then I start to think about it a little bit more, right? So who would be in here playing the piano? Let's just say, for the sake of argument, somebody, you know, they had a few too many cocktails and they're walking through the house, and they decide to fall into a closet and fall asleep, and let's say that that person then wakes up from said stupor. What is the last thing they're going to do? Sit down and start playing the piano, right? They're going to be walking around, hey, I'm still here, somebody let me out. So what do I immediately think it is? I think it's somebody, they came in, they lay in wait, they finally figured out that I'm here alone, and they're out there playing the piano so that I bring myself out into the open, expose myself, they hit me over the head, take the money, and run. That's how I would do it. And as I stand up, the chair rolls back and makes that noise. As soon as the chair makes that noise, the music stops. So I creep around here and I come to this back staircase. And I creep up the stairs and I go to the third floor and I sit and I wait and I don't get anything. I come back down to the second floor, do the same thing. So I get to the first floor, nothing. So now I go back up to the third floor and I just start turning on lights as I go. And I go through the entire mansion. I don't find a chair turned over, absolutely nothing. So now I'm really creeped out. So I just come into the office, grab all the paper, grab the money, throw it in the safe, spin the dial, and I leave. Back up north, there is a ghost town just outside of Grayling in Crawford County called Pierre Cheney, where there is a cemetery off the beaten path that is said to be very active when it comes to spirits. We talked about that with Mike Sonnenberg, who went there while writing his book, Lost in Michigan. Yeah, I've seen where they said that, you know, 
they get like handprints on the cars and they hear children crying or laughing. You can kind of hear children like in the woods and stuff because I think there were a lot of children that had died. Even when you look at the tombstones, you'll see like almost like whole families that had died from the diphtheria outbreak that came through the region. So, like you said, I think that's kind of led to the stories of, you know, children being there. Pierre Cheney has gotten attention across Michigan, but it is legendary to the locals. Gail Thomas, who is the head of the Crawford County Historical Museum, she only had to go once to be convinced. I've seen Polaroid pictures with partial apparitions. One Polaroid picture I've seen of a group of individuals that were out there had gremlins that were standing around them. Freaked me right out. I'm serious. Have you ever had any experiences out there, Gail? I've been out there once, and that was enough for me. Um, During the afternoon, late afternoon, it was peaceful, and there, there was, you know, nothing freaky. It was just looking around, seeing the devastation was a bit oppressive. But when it started to get dark, That was it. I mean, the whole atmosphere changed, and I just wanted to leave, and I haven't been back. Earlier, we mentioned that John Milan had a co-author on Michigan Haunts, Public Places, Eerie Spaces. That person is Gail Offen. We talked to her about the ghost of Harry Houdini. Houdini famously died in Detroit on Halloween. So we've crossed Woodward. We're in the Cass Corridor now. We're on the corner of Cass and Alexandrine. And we're at the funeral home that Houdini was taken to after he died, this is where he was embalmed. This building, it appears at one point after this was a funeral home, this was a a music and art type school, and we heard a story that connects those two things. In Detroit, we heard that the place is still on cast, it was a music school. We've heard accounts of people that took lessons there, receptionists would see his spirit, you know, walking around in the music school. There is a carriage house at the Whitney Mansion that is incredibly nondescript and really kind of tucked out of the way. But once you're inside, it is easily the eeriest spot. We are in the carriage house. You are looking at the infamous tea set. There's a very long history about this tea set. Mr. Winnie passed away in 1900. And at the time that he passed away, his daughter Grace was still in Europe. Her favorite thing to do was to sit here and to drink tea So Mr. Whitney would always leave a tea set up here ready to go for her in case that she would come home, he was away on business or something like that. Upon his passing, the tea set was cleaned up. And then very strange things started happening in the house, all that were related to China. Plates and glasses would be found broken, cupboards would be left open. The staff came to the conclusion that it was because the tea set was cleaned up because he would get infuriated anytime the tea was not left out for his daughter Grace. So they put it back. And upon putting it back, all of the random things that would happen in the house stopped. The home was given to the Wayne County Medical Society. And when they were cleaning up the property, they did just like anyone would do, is clean up this tea set. And then they too started to find all kinds of weird things happening in the house. They then reached out to the former staff of the property and said, hey, did you have anything weird happening? And they said, hey, did you clean up that tea set in the carriage house? If so, put it back and the stuff will stop. And it has since stopped. One of my favorite people in all of Detroit is Mary Malik Eganowski. Her family has owned and lived in the two-way inn for 50 years. And nobody, and I mean nobody, tells a story quite like Mary. We see the Colonel Norris. Then there would be a woman, a young woman, 
So I would be like, what's the link between this older man and this young woman? And I'm thinking, I wonder if he's meeting one of the dance hall girls, a woman that works here, or if it's his mistress. And I would tell people that, and then I'd say, I better not say that. They may get mad at me, you know? (laughs) And so about four years ago, I'm tending bar, and it's a Friday night. And this couple walked in, and they were about my age. Guess what? Those are Colonel Norris's relatives. And they were like four or five generations down. I just looked at him, and I said, well, do you know that your great, 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 great grandfather still walks the floors here? (laughs) But there's also a young woman that walks the floors here. So I said, I wonder what the link is. I don't want to offend you, but I said, I often wondered if she was his mistress and he said he could have had mistresses or whatever but he said I do know his daughter died here and I'm like whoa I still get goosebumps when he I was like are you kidding me is he watching over his daughter that's like her spirit still here I go running in the house because I'm so excited I want to tell my daughter Jennifer so I grabbed my phone and I grabbed the remote and I put the TV on so the house is light just with the TV. And I'm like, Jennifer, you're not going to believe it. Colonel Norris's relatives were in here, blah, blah, blah. My TV goes, boop, shuts off. Wait a minute, because now it's completely dark in my house. I throw the phone down. I put every light on in the house. And I look right there on the couch is my remote, right where I was sitting. Put it on, and I said, Jeffrey, you're not going to believe it. As soon as I said that to you, it was like recognition. Like, yeah, see, I'm a saloon girl. Today's big thanks go out to John Mylan, John Yost, David Boyer, John Rutherford, Tony Muzzy, Mickey Lyons, Todd Clements, Rob DeVos, Mike Sonnenberg, Gail Thomas, Gail Offen, and of course, Annie Scaramazzino. Visit WWJNewsRadio.com for the top local news stories on demand 24-7. Do you want that Daily J delivered right to you? All you have to do is text WWJ to 20357 and you'll get it instantly. Message and data rates may apply. I'm Zach Clark, and this is The Spooky J. Thanks for listening. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.